Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. We are taping from the My Policy Quote Studios. As always, want to thank Rick Mitchell for the intros and outros, and my fantastic producer, Mr. Adam Zalouf. I could not do the show without Adam, that's for sure. Today's guest, you've heard me talk about him before. He is a Carnegie Mellon University Baseball Hall of Famer. We named an award after him, the toughest player of the year award and we will tell you why that uh award was named after him and it's well deserved and uh he is let me let me write this down here because he does a lot of things here but he is now in the first year he's a medical student at loyola university in chicago stritch school of medicine and he's one of my favorites i'm not ashamed to say that a wonderful young man mr brian tabata brian thank you so much for being on the show brother well, thank you very much for having me. I don't know if a young man applies anymore. <laughs> to, to me, it does. To me, it does. I, I, hey, we're, I know we're going to talk about it, but uh, I still remember that your, your first day at uh, CMU, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But uh, talk to us about uh, uh, growing up in Hawaii uh, and, and, and your goals, let's say, when you were a senior in high school. Oh, a senior in high school. Okay, so... Um, you know, I, yeah, it's usually the first thing, like, thing people want to know. Like, what's it like kind of grow up in Hawaii? And, um, you know, the weather, of course, is amazing. Can't go wrong <laughs> with that. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of the, the starkest contrasts is, like, when I moved to, you know, Pittsburgh to go to Carnegie Mellon and living on the mainland is, like, the thing that took me the longest to get used to was that when it was cold outside it would be sunny but i would see the sun and automatically think it was warm and like my brain would malfunction every time i walked outside uh, so you know i guess being in hawaii you don't realize how amazing of a little bubble you have it there uh, until you kind of go see the bigger and broader world so uh, it was definitely a unique experience and one of a kind thing uh, uh absolutely glad i was able to and you know, in an odd way, growing up, I wasn't really tied to the weather and like the beauty and the ocean. And I didn't realize how connected I was to the ocean growing up uh, until leaving. But, you know, I was, you know, I was a pretty nerdy kid. You know, that's how I ended up in Carnegie Mellon. But in high school, I was, re I got really into physics. Um, my sister got me a book by the great Richard Feynman and I was instantly hooked. Um, and my goal, my aspiration is I did a whole senior project on uh, fusion technology and how I thought it was like the future. And I, you know, my goal then was like, can I bring that from science fiction to a reality for, you know, humanity and solve the, the global energy crisis. I was very ambitious and had very lofty goals. Back That's in funny school. because those were my goals as well. I wanted to do the exact same thing you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding, Brian, you know, damn well, I have no clue what the hell you just said. But well, I was, about, I was about to say that's probably why we got along so well. But. That's right. <laughs> but no, you're way above me on that one, way above me. So uh, talk to me about some of the schools you were thinking about 
uh, going to, and why did you choose CMU ultimately? Oh, well, a, a big one is, you know, I read the book by Richard Feynman. Found out, you know, he was a professor at Caltech. So that was initially like number one on my list. You know, it was a while in before I realized, oh, he had already passed away. And I was quite sad about it. But, you know, I was still looking at, you know, what are some of the good physics programs around the country? So, like, you know, Caltech was on there, MIT and stuff was on there. You know, applied to some other schools, like, you know, University of Hawaii, just because, you know, that was my home state. Um, place and all that and you know i kind of accidentally found carnegie mellon because it just so happened that my mom had roots in pittsburgh she grew up in allegheny um my uncle still lived out there so you know i was like oh you know carnegie mellon seems kind of interesting um and when i found out they had a pretzel stand that's when i was like oh man i'm sold so <laughs> uh, you know that's i put in my it. application yeah i mean that's like oh yeah definitely applying now and um uh, you know, submit an application and, you know, just got lucky enough to get in. So tell us about uh, your baseball interest and, and, and when you found out about us and uh, in your first day, because I remember exactly where we were, although Skibo's torn down yeah. now. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh, no. But, uh, I yeah. mean, hopefully it's bigger. If they're going to put something bigger there, we could have used more space. Um, yeah. Oh, that's for sure. They're definitely going to build something a little bigger. I think it'll be done sometime in late 2023. And by the way, Adam, our producer, is a, is a CMU graduate as well. But um, So tell us about your first day at practice and us meeting, and, and then I'll give my uh, side of it as well. Yeah. So... I had played baseball ever since I was six. And I remember I was initially, I wanted to play when I was like five or something. And I was too young. I just remember crying. I don't know why I wanted to play baseball. I just did. Um, and so I had played ever since then. So it felt weird initially going to college and like not playing again in the fall. So I found out, I was like, Oh, they have like a club team. Cause I knew they didn't have, you know, a division team. They had a club team at the time. And I was like, Oh, you know, kind of go check it out. And, so when spring rolled around, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be at the tryout because I guess I played baseball for so long. I didn't know what to do not playing baseball. Um, so, you know, went uh, to the tryout that, you know, the little room in Skivo. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think one thing as you get older, you kind of start paying more attention to is like, you know, when you're sort of on the interview, so to speak, or, you, you know, when you're kind of on display. And then uh, you came over and you're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I didn't want to throw with you. Like, oh, I'll throw with you. And I was like, okay, like, here's my chance to kind of like show my stuff. And, you know, I was, I was proud of the arm I had. I was a catcher uh, in high school. And I was like, you know, I know I can gun people out at second base. So I was like, all right, here we go. And I, I let one loose at you. <laughs> and I remember your face too. And this is why you talk about that story. Cause I remember your face. You're like, Ooh, okay. Like, you know, this is like a guy that's like, oh, I kind of want to play baseball, but this is a guy that's like, yeah, I can play baseball. <laughs> You yes, I know the exact spot we, where we were, right? And uh, yep. I told you let's play catch. And the first the first ball you threw, I said, "Damn!" I, there and I smiled. I said, "There's my catcher," <laughs> because I mean we we had some nice catchers, you know, Ryan Combs uh, and all that. But I think he, I don't know if he was still on the team or not when you were there. Maybe no, we was. moved him over to first base. Yeah, he, yeah. It's like him and him and Matt Corbett were still like doing the management, right? Okay. Um, and then I think Ryan was there for like two years before he ended up graduating. Uh, I was there he for like two of his last, last two years. Right. He, he played first base. And, um, but anyway, uh, so you threw that first pitch to me and I said, damn, there's my catcher. And of course the rest is history. Not only were you our catcher, 
but you caught every single game, including triple headers. You never bitched once. Uh, again, that's why we named the, the award after you, Toughest Man. And I'll tell you another story, which I tell all the time. I don't know if you remember, well, I know you remember, you took a foul ball off of your eye. And yep. we went to the emergency room and uh, we were there for you know, quite a while. And you said, coach, we, we got to get the hell out of here because we have a game tomorrow. I say, Brian, you're not playing in a game tomorrow. You, you may have a cracked eye socket or God knows what. You're not playing tomorrow. Well, coach, I have to play. We don't have any catchers. But um, I, I, there's a story that um, I'll tell the story because our opponents aren't going to hear it anyway. Our, our, pitch, our pitch out signal is the catcher's last name. At least that's what it was then. We don't use that anymore. Anyway, mm -hmm. so if I would say, you know, uh, a, a, a Tabata, we got two outs. or I just say Brian's last name, right? So you got to understand, Brian was my catcher every single game, every single inning. Well, he got hurt, and I think he only missed maybe a game or two, if that. Well, just that's about it. So anyway, we were playing, I want to say we were playing West Virginia. So we had a, our backup catcher in there. And I called for a pitch out. But then I said, what the hell is the catcher's last name? I didn't know his last name. <laughs> you know, and so and the guy stole. I said, damn, it would have been a great thing. And I'm, I'm asking the guys. And I didn't want to ask the guys in the team, hey, what's our catcher's last name? Because it would make me look bad, you know. So then uh, when he came in, I said, um, I, I said, you know what? They screwed up your name on our scorebook. I want to get the spelling right. What, what spell your last name? He goes, it's it's Smith. It's S M I T H. <laughs> so that didn't go over too well. But uh, anyway, all right, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our wonderful sponsors: Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson, Lori, and our new sponsor, My Policy Quote. Call Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963. And don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that on my website. You can get it at Barnes & Noble and Robinson Township, as well as uh, Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Don't forget about our great boxing show, The Boxing Authorities, with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier. We just celebrated our 100th episode it's the best boxing show out there. You can check us out on Channel Box. Download that app. It's a great show. Or keepboxingfree.com. And uh, you can get my YouTube channel, Claudio Rosano TV. And there's also an announcement coming up soon about another podcast. Well, I, I, there is a, I, I can tell you about this. I'm, I was asked to host a new podcast, the Pennsylvania Association of Basketball Co. Wait a minute. PA, Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast. It'll be once a month. Uh, I will give you more details about that. I'm very excited to do that. And there's a new uh, podcast uh, news that I will be sharing with you guys very soon. So a uh, bunch of stuff coming up. But uh, we will be right back with Brian Tabata. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's, the hearing solutions you've been looking for. 
814-375-0454. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need him for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year? Were you told your health premium was going to be something, then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty? Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412-609-9963. Okay, Brian. Um Tell us some of the, now, again, before I got there, we had 40 consecutive losing seasons at CMU. CMU baseball was not, um, you know, anything to write home about, unfortunately. And I remember being at other schools and CMU baseball was the first team we would call for non-conference games. Um, and I remember mm-hmm. my first day there, I, I said, that's not going to happen anymore. Teams are not going to, uh, you know, beat the doors down to play us. And the reason why we've done so well, we've had some tough seasons. We've also had some, some great seasons. It's because of people such as yourself. I've been so lucky to coach wonderful people such as you. And, and, and that first group of guys with you and John Cohen's and Wade Brogdon and, and Jimmy Stedman and James Langhauser, you know, and, and Jimmy Seymour and a bunch of great guys that I had really turned the program around. Um, and again, that's why we named awards after you guys, because, you know, you guys turned the program around. But tell us about some of the your thoughts about CMU baseball when you first got there and maybe some uh, moments, games, memories that you have of uh, of our team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was like a big thing is, you know, baseball was such a big part of my life growing up. Um, to suddenly have it like just gone in college was uh, kind of shocking. And I, I think that's sort of what led me to sort of like seek out the team. And, you know, you know, that first day you get there, you know, anyone that toured Skeeble would be like, Oh man, like, you know, this is not the big leagues. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit of like roughing it. Um, and you know, the initial of the group was like guys that just love playing baseball. I mean, because, you know, we, you know, you said like we, everyone was pretty much there for school first, you know, cause Carnegie Mellon, you know, proceed to school. It's, you know, people are there for their studies. Um, so, you know, we, we didn't have a pool of applicants that we were recruiting to play baseball and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, the big thing there, everyone was playing, everyone was taking time out of the day because that's just what they loved doing. That's what they liked doing. And I think that's where everything really sort of started and why you saw, 
you know, so much dedication out of all those guys that you just mentioned. Um, and, you know, I think that's sort of what, you know, everyone jogged with together on was just like, yeah, you know, we're going to have fun on the weekends. Like, even if it is like a double header or a triple header against Penn State, <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, like, yeah. and that's why everyone put in the effort. And were there some games uh, you mentioned the Penn State triple header? I certainly remember that one. But do you, were there some games or moments that that, that stand out? Um, you know, I I think like like one of personal pride. I think for two like especially like for that game. I remember their yeah. I'm trying to remember their catcher's name. It was like Bowser or something like that. And uh-huh. like you know, they they ended up throwing off throwing out one of our runners. I think it was actually, they threw out uh, Joseph Seymour, like one of our, you know, generally lead up guy on base. Right. He didn't give him steal quite often. They threw him out. And like one of their guys was like, they made some comment like, Oh yeah, duh, don't try and run on Bowser or whatever. Right. Right. I remember seeing the thing is like, well, don't, you know, freaking try and run on me either. That's right. And then uh, one of their guys like decided to go and I threw him out by like a mile. It was one of those, like, <laughs> I know. You know, uh, Jimmy said he had the ball in hand like, well, the guy, before the guy even was slid. So, uh, you know, that was like one of those, was like, yeah, that's right. Like, don't try and run, like, run, <laughs> run on me either. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I, I think another big one, too, was we had um, a game. I think it was Quigley, if I had the name right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh you know, we were, you know, we had a slow start kind of to the game. Yeah. We had a slow start to the game and, um, we, you know, we weren't really rallying or anything tough. We were kind of starting to get hits and I, you know, kind of came up to bat and the, I remember it was just like a little like outside kind of fastball. I just like, you know, swing. I'm like, Oh, I I felt like some good contact. And and I'm like running. I'm like, oh, that's probably going to be extra bases because it's kind of like left center ish. I was like, oh yeah, that's probably going to the gap. And I'm just like rounding first, gunning it as hard as I can. You know, as a catcher, I wasn't the fastest, but I was like putting everything I could into it. And that's like, <laughs> as I go around second base, like the, the second base, I was like, whoa, it's a home run. I was like, that's like, right. What? Yeah, yeah. And I, I started slowing up, and I was like, okay. And I like kind of like jogging around. Uh, and then I remember that I, it, it, it like it's sort of like in that one instant moment, it's like the whole beginning of the sequence, you know, the first time we had met all the like, work we could kind of uh, done uh, in practice. And so I was like, as a round third base, I just pointed, I was like, Hey, that was for you, Claudio. And I remember that. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you kind of did, like the little like hand slap handshake thing as you got around the base and we kind of went. And um, <laughs> I, I think that was probably like the real kickoff to this, the, that season and that first season and probably the, the big one to like, my career there and our sort of like time together at CMU. You you know, I was going to mention that when you did that, uh, first of all, I I talk about that all the time in in the sense that I tell my, whenever I do hitting lessons, I said, I want you to do what this young man that I coached years ago did. He hit the ball so hard, but his head discipline was so great. He didn't know it was over the fence and he took off that. That's when you see the ball, you know, and head discipline that whenever I teach that aspect of hitting. But when you did that, obviously, you know, I didn't expect that. And here you are rounding the bases. And when you said that to me and you know, I'm very emotional to begin with, but when you said that to me, I was like, cool. leading from the head up. That's why. That, that, that's oh, the heart, well, not the I mean, head up. The sorry, heart the, up. the heart up. <laughs> that's right. And I was just cooked. I was after that. I had to really, uh, you know, kind of 
get myself together again because we had a game to win. But, you know, that, that was, you know, that, that meant the world to me. It really did. You have no clue. And, uh, you know, but, um, well, be, before we finish your, your, your career there at CMU, like I said, your, your last game, um, I was, again, I, I was just very emotional because I knew we would keep in touch, but, you know, life happens and we, we, have families or we get married or we go to school and work and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was sad because I knew that I wasn't going to see, you know, you on a regular basis. And, um, you know, like I said, j- just a, a wonderful, forget about the player. And, and let me tell you something, Brian could hit great glove, could throw quick release and he could run. He, I mean, he was, he, he says he was a kid, but he could run. So he had all the tools and um but but uh but just like i said just, well, i think that was a big thing that struck me too because like you know playing in high school and like playing like you know like growing up i, I would never have considered myself like a, a strong hitter like i was considered myself like more of a defensive player i had a really good arm could you know block do all that sort of stuff and you know i think it's like the whole thing that surprised me was like whoa like i hit a home run <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, like an actual field, and I, you know, I initially was thinking like, oh, you know, the work we kind of done because sure. I think uh, you know at that point you were doing all the soft toss, you did all the whatever did like live pitching. You're always one yep. pitching to everybody and stuff too. And I, so I was like, oh man, like I don't know how that went over the fence, but that was probably had something to do with that one. And so that's what I think what <laughs> I went know. through the mind. Well, like I said, I, I appreciate that, and we'll we'll end on some personal stuff uh, at the end of the show. But yeah, it was it was really tough for me to see you go. Uh, for sure. And um, obviously as a player, but most importantly as a person, but we're going to talk about what you did after graduation. When we come back, uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick. Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and my policy quote, call Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963. And don't forget about my book. You can get it on my website, you get it on uh, Barnes and Noble at barnesnoble.com and our great boxing show, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. Smoke and Jim Frazier, you can check us out on Channel Box as well as keepboxingfree.com. And um, I will be doing a new podcast, the Pennsylvania Association of Basketball Coaches podcast that will be starting next month. I'll be telling you more details about that. And there's a new podcast network that i'm going to be telling you about shortly as well all right we'll be right back with hall of famer carnegie mellon university hall of famer and award named after him the toughest player of the year mr brian tabata we'll be right back dr roscoe i've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts like he can't understand what i'm saying it's not just a hearing problem Jolie. it is a health problem even with a mild hearing loss our risk of dementia doubles with age so let's improve dad's hearing and his health let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding laughter and happy memories serving the dubois area for over 20 years the roscoe hearing care center in dubois punksy and st mary's the hearing solutions you've been looking for Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. 
The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year? Were you told your health premium was going to be something, then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty? Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412 609 9963. Okay, Brian, now uh, tell us about some of the things you did after Carnegie Mellon University and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I mean, ultimately, I think I, I really sort of uh, struggled to find out really what I kind of wanted to do with my life. Um, so, you know, I actually really, you know, I struggled a lot in college and I, I think a lot with that sort of like, what is like my identity here? And, uh, you know, you, I told you about my dream in high school was to get into physics and, you know, do this nuclear fusion thing. And when you're surrounded by so many talented people that you are there, you start questioning like, Oh, I'm actually like really good at this. Um, and you know, what I sort of found was I, I really love learning stuff so I can kind of like tell other people about them. And, it, you know, I've always loved teaching and kind of, um, you know, I was a tutor growing up, but I always love explaining stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of like latched onto that little bit of a life preserver and I was like, Oh, you know what, maybe I'll get really kind of get into teaching. So that's, that's what I did after I got out. Uh, I graduated, started teaching back at my alma mater high school in Hawaii. Um, you know, and I actually absolutely did love it. I, I loved every bit of teaching, but ultimately it sort of felt like I was, you know, I was 25 at the time I was sitting at my desk and I, I was thought about like, well, you know, I feel like I could be doing more. It's like I'm teaching kids to be good at math and science, but I still had a desire to kind of utilize the skills I had as well. So I literally sat down and wrote a list of everything I kind of thought I was good at. Um, and, you know, oddly enough, it kind of broke me uh, down and, uh, you know, I, I maybe think about actually going into a military career, which, you know, not something I'd ever thought about growing up. Like my family's not military or anything. I didn't really know anyone in the military. Uh, and ultimately it drove me to kind of like start talking to a recruiter and I ended up joining the Navy. Um, and I'll say it's probably one of like the first decisions where I ever made where, where I'd say I'd made it completely on my own. And in that sense, like everyone was telling me like, you're doing what? Like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, but 
I, you know, for me, I was like, I felt like I had the skills to be good at it. Uh, I felt like I was able-bodied and, you know, because I, you know, I don't think everyone should serve in the military. It's definitely not for everyone, but because I felt like I could, I felt like I should. Um, and so the sense, uh, uh, I guess, of duty or, the, you know, offering that service was something that was so important to me. So I ended up enlisting. Uh, I served on a submarine for oh, it's two years of training because I was a uh, I worked on the reactors on a the basically on a submarine. I was stationed on the USS Jimmy Carter for four years. Um, again, you know, uh, love the job. I I really found I loved the I guess the intensity of it um, and the the nature of the work. I think everything you're doing it felt very meaningful um, and definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but also some of the most meaningful uh, things. And when I eventually got out, uh, you know, I met my wife while I was in the military. Um, she was an architect major and we happened to meet in Charleston. At one point we were swing dancing. Uh, and then the rest, yeah, the rest is essentially history after that. I, c- I convinced her to stay down there an extra semester. Uh, Cause she was just doing a semester abroad, uh, not abroad, but uh, she was going to grad school at Clemson, but they have a partnership with the university of South Carolina there. And, um, Sorry, University of Charleston. And, um, you know, and ultimately she got a job out in Chicago. I was stationed out closer to Seattle. Uh, we were long distance for four years. And after that, I was like, you know, it's probably time that we actually like live together. So then I moved out here to Chicago uh, where, you know, again, I sort of defaulted back to like, well, you know, I kind of enjoy what I've been in the military. Uh, kind of defaulted back to teaching again, but then after a little bit, I sort of had that same sense of like, oh, you know, I love teaching, but it's not, it's not utilizing all the things that I think I'm sort of good at. Um, and after a lot of soul searching, and you know, this, I'm talking about years of trying to talk myself out of it, I ended up applying to med school and then got into med school here. So, and that is currently what I'm preoccupied with doing is doing my best to become the best doctor I can be. Which, which you will be. Tell us a little bit about what uh, right. kind of doctor. Um, so, you know, it's actually interesting. You know, I got out of the military and I said, like, I actually kind of found I love the, the kind of weird hours that you kind of get called up to do stuff. Um, and I love the, you know, the, I guess sort of the, almost like intensity of the work. I said it's almost kind of masochistic where, like, you like <laughs> the casualties. You like when things are going wrong and you like sort of being in that moment, you know. I, I think that's one thing that also drew me to being a catcher is like you're in the hot seat, you know, you're making calls, you're making decisions, um, and you're involved sort of in every stage. Um, and you know, that actually drew me. So I started working as just a, a technician in the emergency department. Um, and it's kind of interesting where I found that I feel like I blinked. I went from blue camel to blue scrubs where like the nurses, the staff, the doctors, they're all sort of in that, very similar types of people you'd find in the military, you know, you, cause like, you know, anything at any time can kind of like walk into those doors and, you know, when stuff is, is going wrong, you kind of got to maintain that calm, organize, organize the, you know, everything that's happening and come up with a, an effective plan to kind of uh, treat everything. So, you know, right now, uh, definitely drawn to emergency medicine. Um, the only thing I kind of know for sure is I'm definitely been more of a generalist. Like I've definitely loved knowing, a lot about everything or a little bit about everything rather than a lot about one specific thing. So either, you know, emergency medicine, family medicine, uh, internal medicine, the more general 
type of practices is probably what I'm looking at right now. But uh, right now I'm just enjoying, enjoying the ride and trying to keep an open mind because, you know, there is a difference between thinking about something and actually doing it. Um, so the nice thing is the last two years of med- medical school, you'll get a lot of exposure to the different specialties to kind of help solidify or help uh, make a determination of like what specialty you do want to go into. Sure. Well, I, I have zero doubt that you're going to be an unbelievable doctor because you do have heart and you're a very intelligent young man. And uh, like I said, I, I have every, I, I read your Facebook posts and all that kind of stuff and all the accomplishments uh, i'm proud of you obviously but i'm not surprised at any of them and and you're nowhere near well thank uh, you done well you're very welcome but it's just it's telling the truth for sure now uh we have something here called the eric jackson lorry final word eric jackson criminal defense attorney eric jackson lorry with offices located in downtown pittsburgh and fox chapel call eric at 412-963-9308 before we do the final word you're also a hell of a cook i see you take great pictures real quick tell us about your cooking passion <laughs> well i think that you know that derived as kind of a hobby. And it started really in college when I, like you start living by yourself. Like, Oh damn, I have to eat stuff too. <laughs> right? right. So, um, you know, I guess I kind of grew up around my mom kind of always cooking. And I guess that kind of rubbed on me a little bit. Um, but I started falling in love with sort of like the science of cooking and like, I really wanted to know why. And I think that's, you know, that's the Carnegie Mellon physics training at heart. It's like, Oh, what's the underlying principle here? Um, <laughs> And I, you know, it, cooking was one of those things where I just like kind of kept pulling the thread and kept pulling the thread and kept pulling the thread. And, you know, eventually I was living off my own and, uh, my baking basically started when I was like, man, now the bread I'm buying goes bad before I can eat it all. Um, so I was like, Oh, you know what? I'll start making my own bread. Cause I can make whatever portions I want. And for two years, I ate very dense, very lumpy, bad bread, but you, know, <laughs> you, you pay attention, you make tweaks. Uh, and I started, you know, my wife and I, we do what's called Tabata test kitchen. where like, you know, I'll just, I love making my own recipes or like reverse engineering your recipe and like, you know, try something. And our metric is always, would you buy it again at a, if you were going to a restaurant? Like would you, did you like it enough to go back to the restaurant and get it again? And you know, if not, no. Okay. Well, go back to the drawing board, make some tweaks here and there. Um, but if it ever becomes a yes, oh, well then it makes my little recipe book that I keep. Yeah. Well, again, our Eric Jackson, Lori, final word. If I had you, it's a lot of my players, current players listen to this show and some of the uh, former uh, guys as well, which I appreciate. But if I had you speak to our team uh, tonight, what would you tell them about uh, life and well, first, what would you tell them about our team? Uh, what would you, what advice would you give them about their next three, four, five years of playing baseball with us for us, and about life? Um, I think two birds with one stone. But one comment which I think does really apply to both is, you know, you talked about the amazing group of guys we had, and you you talk a lot about the things I had done, but really, any sort of you know you know, extra, extra human fortitude or strength or anything that whatever it was that let me catch all those games or catch triple headers, you know, it wasn't some superhuman ability. It was really just a love for playing. Um, You know, I I know, you know, this, right. Because, you know, leading from the sort of heart up that heart really does matter a lot. You know, it wasn't me being extra tough. No one would like look at me and say like, Oh yeah, that kid's like built like iron, but it all comes from the heart of what you're doing. Um, and 
you know, I think that translates into everything you do, not just baseball, but I think a big thing, what ultimately led me to medicine is that sense that it's something that I can put my entire being into. My entire heart is there in that work. And, you know, we're just over a month and stuff in, but I'm like loving every bit of it. You know, it's a ton of studying, it's a ton of work and all that, but, and it would seem like a superhuman feat accomplishing all these things and doing these things, but really it comes down to, it's like, well, when you, at the end of the day, if your heart's really in it and you love doing it, it's, it comes more naturally, I think, than, um, than anything. And, and I think that's the key is sort of finding that, um, uh, and, and really sort of embracing that and, and feeding that side of yourself, because if you're in something for the right reasons, you'll accomplish great things, no matter what you're doing. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Brian, you know, if I say too much, you know how I am, I, I won't finish, but what an honor and a pleasure <laughs> And, and it was to coach you. The worst thing that I can say about you is that you that you left, you know, and I hated that. Um, you know, <laughs> well, we with were, my grades, you know, I could, I stayed there an extra year or two. So I and I was I, I was glad too. <laughs> trust me. But, uh, you know, I, I I remember one time John Cohen's uh, wanted to meet with me. He said uh, and I just asked John to be on the show. So hopefully he comes on soon. But um, he said uh, he's thinking about staying another year. And I saw my, I saw my, he was our best pitcher. I said, man, I hope he does stay another year. I was being selfish. Right. And he did stay a year. Yeah. But, um, like I said, you, you were nothing but a pleasure. Uh, I remember when I had computer problems, you used to come down and fix my computer. Um, <laughs> and, and, and real quick, can you believe my daughter's a senior now at Pitt? Can you believe that? Well, I was thinking that earlier, you know, we were talking about like how long ago it seemed. I was like, I don't even, you talked about that, that, that poor dinner. I was like, I don't even want to ask how old Ida is now. Cause like in my mind, she's still just a little girl in, in grade school. Yeah. Yeah. She's a senior at Pitt, captain of the color guard. Uh, she just got accepted to Duquesne grad school. So and That's something awesome. that she told me, she said, daddy, she says, I'm older now than some of your players. And I said, what? I mean, that never <laughs> happened before, you know? But um, like Brian, like I said, I, as a player, you were you were perfect, and and I enjoyed coaching you every second. Uh, miss having you, and as a person, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, person. And uh, I'm I'm glad that I can call you a friend, and and um, just appreciate you to the moon. And and um, like I said, I'm I'm you're you're certainly a Hall of Fame player and a Hall of Fame person, and I I I give that award. Uh, the toughest player with pride every, and I tell everybody who you are and some of the things you did and, and, and all that. So your name, uh, as with James and Wade and John, uh, you know, your, your, your names will continue to, to carry on as long as I'm at CMU. Uh, those, those names and awards will always carry on. So I always appreciate your brother. Thank you. Well, I mean, and I say we always appreciate you too, man. We're, we're only all together because you were there to kind of bring us together. So, um, you know, you really were like the heart in the center of the team. So uh, it, it was definitely, you know, you were a key player at a, a very key time in my life. Uh, so I do appreciate the chance to get to know you and the chance to continue to know you. So thank you very much for having me on. I, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. And uh, thanks for being on the show and continued success. And we will keep in touch e e even more. Like I said, appreciate you very much. And uh, tell your parents I said hello and, and we'll be talking soon. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, brother. Anyway, and I got to see you soon. Hopefully you get to you get to Pittsburgh one of these <laughs> days. Uh, yeah. Good to see you.
I'd love to meet your wife. And if you ever, if you ever in, yeah, if you ever in Chicago too, I'll have to cook you some dinner. Get you, get you on my Tabata Kitchen <laughs> show. There you go. I'd love that because I'm telling you, that food looks damn good. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it tastes better than it looks too. I'll say uh, that. So in other words, uh, like you're always good around the plate, right? You're good with the food plate. And you're good with the catcher's <laughs> plate, right? <laughs> yeah, defend it to the end. There you go. All right, brother. I appreciate you. I'll be talking to you soon. All right, Carlito. Thanks for having me on. Thank it was you, really a Thank pleasure. You. It's an honor. Thank you, brother. Okay, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. And I, I did hold it together. And I didn't think I would, but I did. He is a special, special young man for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Thank our uh, sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and uh, my policy quote. Uh, don't forget about my book. Order that on my website or at barnesandnoble.com, Barnes Noble Robinson. Check out the boxing show of the boxing authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoke and Jim Frazier on Channel Box and keepboxingfree.com. I'll be giving you guys more updates on the uh, new podcast I'm doing, the Pennsylvania Association of Basketball Coaches. I'll let you know about that, where to listen to it. And there is a new podcast project that me and two others are working on that I'm very, very excited to tell you about. Uh, look forward to, to that. Uh, don't forget about my YouTube channel. I'll be posting more stuff on that. Claudio Relsano TV. What else? What else? Uh, thank. Oh, yeah, there's a possibility that we're going to have uh, Dave Parker, the Pittsburgh Pirate legend who just got uh, voted into the Pittsburgh Pirates Hall of Fame. We're going to try to have him on and his biographer, David Jordan. As always, thank you, Rick Mitchell, Adam Zalouf. And again, as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. to my mom she can't understand me she gets so cranky and irritable well your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds and that leaves her trying to guess what you said this makes conversation exhausting for her can we help her Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again. If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions with the care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson-Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412 372 
1-800-273-6667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Are you tired of paying too much for health insurance? With those enormous premiums, you lose yardage, then get sacked with all the upfront costs. What are you paying for? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412-609-9963. 